Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. I'm Aid, and with me for episode 28 this week is my good buddy Graham and we have uh, back by dope demand a special guest Corey. Uh, first of all Corey how are you mate? I'm doing great man how are you guys doing? Uh, just peachy and Graham. Uh, I'm feeling full of festive good cheer dude it's all grey miserable but oh so Christmassy around here. Really? Blimey. We've got about two, three weeks to go yet, haven't we? Or I know. I mean, I say that as I am the most Grinch-like person. <laughs> not nary a Christmas decoration will be seen in my house. Uh, certainly not a tree or any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I am a complete hypocrite. But I like going to other people's houses and seeing the sparkly trees and pretty lights. <laughs> actually, do you know what? We're not having a tree in our house this year either because we're actually going to be away over the Christmas holidays. So instead of get uh, getting a tree, a real tree, that is, uh, and, and having it just you know uh, literally fall apart while we're away, uh, we've got one of the these sort of artificial twiggy ones that stands in the corner and has little lights in the end of each twig. It's it's, <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. It's a skeleton tree. It's nice. It sort of combines the Halloween and the Christmas feel all in one go. <laughs> Does it look like pipe cleaners? <laughs> yeah brown pipe cleaners with little led lights on the end it's delightful no no to, to be fair nice. actually it's all right it's all right it's it's not yeah we do like to have a proper you know real christmas tree but if we're not here it's just kind of, kind of no point well what do you get around your house then Corey? um normally we get a live tree um but this year we're kind of in between places so we're probably going to do the the plastic fantastic uh and just set it up that way this year i think so, so is that all three of us none of us is bothering with a live tree this year <laughs> oh well no or maybe we'll stay at home next year the trouble is if we stay at home we have to hang out with our families right <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh by yes that'll that'll do by way of introduction to the show won't it well cory what have you been up to since we last spoke to you not too much, just shooting a little bit. Um, I haven't started any of my projects that I wanted to do, though, so I'm going okay, to... Okay, actually, we have a quick run-through on those. Uh, how's the Holger project going? Um, I was supposed to start it when I went out to the mountains. I had a buddy of mine lined up to sit for me, but his schedule changed, uh, and that fell through, so I just... I haven't had a chance to start it. But have you at least calibrated the pinhole, the um, Holgers, rather, as you were intending to? Oh yeah, yeah. I got I got everything set up with it. I shot a, I got it set up so that I can you know use my my strobe light uh, and had everything set up. And I was going to bring it with me out there, but like a, the guy I was going to sit for me fell through. So that's disappointing. I, I know it's bummer, but you know jobs and he had to work and uh, so. Still, at least you're set up and ready to go now. When the next opportunity arrives, I'm going to be there. So what did you do whilst you were up in the mountains? Uh, I took one day and went out and uh, did waterfall, you know, nature pictures. Uh, and then that was a Friday. And then Saturday I went and took a bunch of pictures of uh, a Christmas parade. And that's when I had my, um, I thought it was a fatal moment with my little Lomo LCA uh, camera that I was telling you about. A fatal moment. Yeah, I don't think I've heard about that, actually. God, there's, there's, there's a story in there somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually operator error because I was shooting uh, two different kinds of film. I had the Fuji uh, Acros 100, which is 36 exposures, and I was using the Ilford 
HP5 Plus, which is 24 exposures, and I thought I had the 36 exposure roll in the camera, and I got the 24, and it kept going, and it got, I think I got to about 26, and I was winding it, and the shutter wasn't firing, I was winding it, and the shutter wasn't firing, I was going, oh man, so I look at it, I'm like, oh, I guess this is the moment where my little LCA has died, so I said, well, I'm going to at least roll the roll of film back out, wind it back up, so at least I can get the roll of film out, so I did that, and I opened the back, and I was like, oh, it was only a 24 exposure roll. It wasn't a 36 exposure roll. <laughs> You're lucky Duh. you didn't break God. that thing. I, well, well, at the end of that roll, there's like three or four frames that have been exposed, you know, from where I kept like winding it and like taking a picture and winding it and taking it, you know. <laughs> and um, just tearing through the sprocket holes. Just tear, just so you can, it was grinding. I was going, I don't know if this is right. <laughs> I'm glad you do stuff like that too, because that is exactly the kind of thing that I would think of. Well, this is clearly a, just jam it a bit harder. Yeah. Um, how when we last spoke, you um you were dismissive, as I think we both were a little bit um of the LCA. How how have you found it now? You've actually sort of got a roll or two through it. How are you feeling about it? I like it. I mean, it's a fun little camera. Um, I I just I hate dealing with 35 millimeter when it comes to the other end of it of cutting it and scanning it it's so just fiddly and small and i just i don't know mm. I'm, I'm so used to 30 i mean i mean i'm so used to doing medium format that you know 35 millimeters is just kind of i don't i hate to say piddly but it's <laughs> it's just not it's my thing you know? uh sure i mean it, it's fun you know to wind it and 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 the zone focusing on that camera, the meter on that little LJ is pretty good. Actually, I, I didn't, I actually had some pretty good exposed rolls. You know, I didn't have any problems with that. So I'll keep on, I'll keep doing it. It's, it is fun. So the only thing ongoing with me that I still get annoyed about the, the two things really, one is the um, ASA dial. Cause that's just so easy. Yeah. To not. But the other sure. thing, and I actually, I was using this yesterday. I'm still, I've nearly finished one roll of 24 exposures in it. <laughs> Can't <laughs> rush these things. Um, but the thing that I still don't like whenever I pick it up is that shutter. Uh, it, it's just the travel on it. You have to push it down so far yeah. on mine. Sure. Um, and, and it's a bit like, uh, probably slightly worse actually than the Olympus trip, which was, I don't know, maybe it's just one of those things that bothers me about it. I, I, um, I picked up this week. Uh, Aid will be really <laughs> surprised to hear this. I bought another camera this week, Aid. Um, Shocking! <laughs> I went to buy. I went to buy a sandwich for my lunch. And <laughs> you got a even... camera instead of a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the way, I thought, "Oh, there's a, there's a charity shop. I'll just swing by and see what they've got." And they had a little. Um, uh, basically, it's kind of the German relation of the Lomo. They had a little um, Minox. Uh, 35 ml i've worn um, one of those yeah it's a nice nice little camera i mean they're very similar in a lot of ways um the size the lens um aperture and what you know it's 35 millimeter lens um and yeah it's nice it's feels feels a bit more plasticky than the lca i mean the lca does sure. <laughs> It feels in typical Russian style, like you could throw it oh at somebody gosh. and really hurt them. <laughs> um, right. Um, but yeah, I was really pleased, actually. I, I saw it in the cabinet there. So 
kind of look at it and thought, well, you, you can never tell with these things how functional they are, but this still had a battery in it and the light still came on and it still fires. It's like, oh, this is great. Six. And it came with a flash and all the instructions as well. Um, six pounds aid. So pretty good. How, um, how did it taste? Because you said you were going for a sandwich and you ended up with that. Instead. Uh, yeah, the, the sandwich ended up being a cheaper sandwich because of the camera. Um, but the, the, I mean, I haven't put a roll of film in it yet because I want to finish up a couple of other ones first. But the one thing I'll say for certain is that um, I the shutter on it is better. It's just got it's got better. It's got a weird um, double wind thing. You have to sort of cock the shutter twice. But no, it's nice. It's a nice little camera. The hinge door feels a bit fragile on it because um, it's got one of those you press the button and the, the door flaps down and the lens comes out and that feels like you have to be a bit careful with it because it doesn't feel like it would take much of a knock to damage it but um no it's it's nice nice little thing and good pocketable camera so i look forward one to thing that. i found out about the uh the little lca that i like is i figured out how much i need to pull out to get it to um take up on the film side you know the the, the, the take up sprocket side yeah, and I get, I found that I get um, that the thirty six exposure roll that I have. I think I got like thirty nine. That's very good. Frames off of it. Good value for money, that then, isn't it? Yeah. Thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty eight or thirty nine. Yeah, I've never really, never really thought about the LCA. As, as a camera and then when graham got that one the other week when we were in london for a pound i was ah oh, no I'm, i wasn't even jealous i'm a little bit jealous of that little minox one though for for uh with the yeah. fold out lens that that's something i've 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 seen around the place actually over the years and thought yeah that might be a nice point and shoot yeah i um, looked at those too i was i was going to get one of those but then i the LCA popped up when I went and traded and all that other camera stuff. So mm, they're, they're really similar it. cameras. I mean, in some ways, the LCA actually has a few advantages over the Minox because um, the the uh, Corey, I think you know better than me on this one. Uh, the, with the LCA, the shutter speed is um, stepless, isn't it? So it'll just yeah. stay open. For as long yep. as it needs to, well, up to something like two minutes. Or is it? I mean, I might be making this up, but it's it's a long time. No, whereas, it's pretty long. Whereas with the Minox, I think it's a one second explosion. Exposure, exposure <laughs> is the longest it'll go to. Um, well, I'd say so. Yeah, good, good find there. Actually, yeah, it's um, how you do it. I still, it still amazes me the way you do that. I, I've never. I mean, I know. I we have you know charity shops where I live, um, and uh, I go into them occasionally. Although to be honest, not very often because they never have any cameras in them. And I always ask, and uh, yeah, whenever I go in, and uh, no, no, sorry, no. That's what I get to aid. <laughs> yeah, uh, Graham just clearly is is some sort of charity shop wizard. You're it's just at... persistence. It really is. You just have to call by, and uh, there is one place. This the shop that actually I walked past on the way to the uh, sandwich emporium where I got this from, and for some reason they have they tend to have stuff in. They get more cameras than anywhere else, and a lot of it's real garbage. But um, that's where I picked up um, my um, Canon Canonet QL17. Um, I got that from there. Um, mm. And I, I picked up a couple of 
you know, not amazing cameras from there, but decent cameras. You know, it's never. Um, we had a conversation in the forums earlier this week where um, Bill was telling us that he'd um, been offered a an old Leica, an incredibly well. He could have had it at a steal, but his um, good nature and honesty <laughs> stopped him from taking advantage of the seller, um, which nice. would not not have happened to me. But um, but yeah, I was I'm, about I'm to never... call you out on that actually because I was thinking, you know, I'm in a minute. I'm going to mention that Bill was really, really good about this, and uh, that that um, we probably all agreed that you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. No, no, absolutely not. I would have gone. Oh, thanks very much. Yoink. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I've never come across anything that's really sort of a, a real diamond in the rough that you think, oh, great, I'm going to make a fortune from this or anything like that. It's always like, oh, yeah, this is good, and I'm getting it a bit cheaper than I could buy it for online. I got one. What's that? I found this Petri. Petri. Uh-huh. Petri F1.9 yes. Color Corrected Super. I remember you showing um, a picture of that. Did you keep that in the end because you were thinking about selling that? Yeah, I still have it. It came with the original uh, metal screw-on hood mm-hmm. and the original filters. That's nice. A UV, a UV, a blue, and a yellow. It's nice when you find things that come with a lot of their original kit because it speaks to the fact that they've probably been well cared for over the years or just not used very much, but either way works very well. Have you shot with the Petri yet? Nope, not yet. Uh, it's got a, it's got a sticky shutter situation. Well, sometimes just using it will sort that out. So get out Can there. You hear and... it? That's a bit sticky. Can you hear it? <laughs> it's just a band. That's it. Five hundredth of a second. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a nice camera. I mean, it has a nice weight to it. I mean, it's, it's all manual. There's no batteries in it. I mean, it doesn't have a meter or anything, you know. Well, maybe, so, can you, maybe if you can if you can get get to the shutter and clean it out a bit. But um, but yeah, I think Aid, the the trick to being successful is is just swinging by places regularly and, and you, preferably the places that are the most jumbly junk shops ever tend to have uh, the best opportunities of finding stuff in. But yeah, it's all just dumb luck, isn't it? So I'm going to say, if anybody out there knows anything about these. Um... Send me a message. Yeah, any, any, uh, you never hear about Petries or Petries unless you're talking about dishes. So, did you yeah. do any? <laughs> I saw the one picture you shared up this week of um of the waterfall that you the lovely pinhole shot that you shared. Did you get many other pinhole shots done whilst you were up there, up in the mountains? Oh yeah, yeah. I shot um, uh, I shot seven rolls. Wow. Okay, that's pretty good. And then I shot three, three or f- I think I shot three with a little, uh, the little LCA. That's and awesome. I have some of those that I haven't shared yet. So if you guys are going to have me uh, curate uh, the account, then I yeah. think I might just save some of that stuff and just. Uh, oh, great! We're gonna do, have some exclusives, some exclusives on the account. Stuff. 
That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So look, yes. Yeah, so uh, look forward to seeing some of those then. I did like that waterfall one myself, and it's uh, it occurs to me, Corey, it's a little while since I actually had a look at your whole stream, and there's some really great shots that you're coming out Thank with you. recently. Uh, I'm loving the. Um, it's probably been on there for a little while now, but the the one uh, taken over the hood of your car on the way home with all of the, I guess, the street light streaks in the sky. Uh, yeah, that it, was that was on the highway. Yeah, that's that that's that's a pretty awesome photo if I and 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 even better because you've got like that that bulbous bit in the middle of the hood of your car suggesting that you're driving some monster V8 of some kind. <laughs> what is kind it that you drive for? Is it is it really a Prius or something? No, I it's a uh a 2003 Toyota 4Runner. Ah. Uh-huh. Sounds very fancy. It's all it's all really it's all really beat up. They're like the passenger side is really nice. The entire passenger side is really nice. And then the entire driver's side is like beat all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened to it? You just... Really bad. It well like in the summertime we had a thunderstorm. Uh, I was like some really high winds. Uh, and the lawn furniture got picked up in it and like slammed into the rearview mirror and busted the and the rearview mirror housing stayed, but the glass part shattered off. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that chair kind of like beat down the side of it. <laughs> and then I went to the beach um, and I had to go do it to shoot a wedding. And it was a really small kind of driveway. And I was backing out. Uh, and this guy was backing me out when I was leaving. It was dark. And he's like, yeah, you got it. Come on, come on. And then there was like a bush there. Uh, and like I start backing up. And then like I realize what's happening. And I'm like, I'm already committed. And like I can't go forward. I have to go backwards. So that happens. So that's down the middle I'm of the door committed. area. And then like and then a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, we in, in the little town that I live outside. They had like a, a Christmas tree lighting situation. Uh, and it's a really old, you know, uh, an old little town. And the streets aren't set up for like hundreds and hundreds of cars, right? So I turn uh, and I'm realizing I'm in the wrong spot, and I needed to back out in the traffic. And I'm backing up, and the tail light I hit, I hit somebody's car that had their rearview mirror on the passenger side. So the one whole side of my tail light is completely smashed out, but the face is still good, but just <laughs> on the side is just smashed out. So the entire driver's side of the car is walloped uh and the right <laughs> side is absolutely perfect i love i love that sentence well I, I i could see that it was going to go badly but i was already in reverse so i couldn't change that 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 really that says a lot about the psyche doesn't it well i, I put it in gear going backwards we can't possibly go forwards now we've made our decision we will stick with it well you know i was just following the, the flow of traffic and everybody was turning left uh and come to find out the four or five cars in front of me didn't know where they were going, and it was a dead end. So then, like, we each had I nobody could go anywhere until I started backing up. Somebody pulled in behind me with their like bright lights on, and I could hardly see what I was doing trying to back out. And then I realized the thunderous crunch and the sudden stop. <laughs> I looked out and I was like, "Oh, oh God, come on!" <laughs> Please, please, you make sure you share a picture of your beat-up car. Yeah, we've got to see that because there's a lesson in this for me, right? So, so let's bring this back to photography, right? There's, there's a lesson in this for me, and uh, and it probably works for all photographers, which is if you get the angle right, (laughs) yeah. 
right. You really can make the yeah a fantastic shot out of some of these things. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is my son had, was in an art show uh, at the little local art gallery from his class, from his art class at school. They posted some drawings and stuff, you know. Uh, and so we were trying to get to that. And then we got there after we called the cops and I had to call the cops and file a report and do everything with the police, you know, accident bit. And we finally get there and we walk in and we walk around the little art show. And, and then he didn't even have his thing that he had drawn up in there. Back to photography. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's talk photography. Let's catch up on the Sunnies, Graham. Oh, the yes. first, the first Sunnies award uh, was was posted on our Instagram stream this week, and quite a response. Yeah, it's been great. Um, so this year, this was our first call for um, call for action from people. And so the first one we put up was the film of the year um, category. And it's been great. Lots of people getting in there. Um, it's amazed me. I don't know why I was amazed, because I should have expected it. But just the range of films that people are using and loving and um, making the best of. Um it is great. Uh, there are a few that are coming up repeatedly, and, and I think we're going to have a just about clear winner for that. But, you know, the post is still up on our feed. So please, if, if you haven't been checked out already, go on there and just put in the comments what you're using and why you like it. Um, but, yeah, it's been fantastic. And this week we will be getting up at least one or two, if not the remaining five, depending on how organized I am, of the categories. Um and please continue to share your thoughts because it's great. Uh, I read them all and we will hopefully be able to probably not talk about every single thing that's up there because there's just been such a great response. But um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just what a breadth of film. It makes you realize that for all of our worrying about the discontinued films, there's still a lot of stuff out there for us to shoot and people are enjoying all the flavors of it. So yeah, fantastic stuff. It is good, isn't it? I was quite impressed. What I actually managed to do as well is extract all of the comments. So I'm now looking on my computer screen uh, at all of the comments so far uh, against that post. And yeah, you know, it is. There's, there's, it's astonishing. Um, it's you know some um, you know, and thank you everybody for for posting them. You know, there's there's a few names that I recognise there. You know, there's a uh, pinhole cannon, a story of pieces, Bill Owens. You know, I think we we've uh, heard them all before and then there's some that, uh, that actually are new to me um uh, that uh, you know that uh rafael cedemeyer um colin maton uh yeah yeah pl plenty anyway even one called big dark room there you go so thanks everybody for uh all your thoughts um i'm not sure graham when i looked at it that i could see an instant winner uh but uh, I'll, I'll let you do the analysis or or outsource it to one of our weekly curators or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't you know what you're about, insinuating, you 
You forgot about Pat McGroin. Pat McGroin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pat McGroin. <laughs> Actually, he's going to be one of my shout-outs because, uh, one, just great name, but also awesome photographer. But, uh, yeah, it's all good. He uh, lives in Asheville. That's where I went to the mountains at. I was um, going to see if I could catch up with him while I was up there, but he, I think he was working or He's like, I don't want to meet you. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> when, someone, when somebody who's called themselves Pat McGroin says, I don't want to meet you. You're weird. You really need <laughs> Well, he, did, he didn't say that. But, I mean, I'm sure he's, I, I just reached out to him, you know, and asked him a question on, uh, randomly about it. I saw a picture he had posted from Asheville. And I was like, hey, where can I go get some? Is there any good coffee shops? And then we kind of went on this conversation, you know what I mean? But um, I'm sure, you know, he's like, hey, there's some random guy asking me to meet up with him, you know, to go take pictures and. Yeah, what, what should sure. be more normal than that? Yeah, yeah right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, Graham, I mean, with these, uh, the the Sunnies Awards are going to be posted over the next couple of weeks, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Just please watch the feed. Um, check our Instagram account. Uh, the um, posts that are for the awards are very clear and visible because I found a way of doing that at least all by myself. Um, well and done thanks um yeah and just get involved because it's it really is awesome and as we said last week this isn't our award show it's everyone's award show with this is this is you know our way of being a mouthpiece with the photography community that we're engaged with absolutely and what's next Dave? You, you've got some stuff on here about uh, you've been thinking about your project i'm excited to hear what's going on with that well, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, so last week uh, I sort of hung my head in shame, I suppose, a little bit because I hadn't really done any preparation for my my uh, six-month photography project for, for the coming year. Uh, so I, I, I uh, set myself to thinking about it a little bit and thought about what is it that you know I really want to do. Uh, and OK, we've spoken uh, already about me uh, pushing myself uh, and taking portraits of people, some people that I do know, some people that I don't know yet. Uh, so I was thinking about just how am I going to do that? And some of the ideas I came up with, uh, I think um, just to get some you know, sort of stakes in the ground around this project, I think I'm going to do it in black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because... Uh, I, I may well encounter uh, some people who are less confident in front of a camera uh, and black and white can often be uh, a bit more uh, flattering than colour uh, when it comes yeah. to portraits. So, so I thought that that sure. be a thing. Um, I've got a feeling I'm going to do it in 35mm as well as far as possible. And the reason for that is that I got a sense that I might end up doing some of this stuff around work and because I have to travel on the train for work and have to carry I'll have to carry everything with me. So I, I thought, well, rather than you know, biting off more than I can chew and say I'm gonna take every shot with a Bronica or something like that, yeah, or 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 go out and buy a Ronald and uh, or Ronald Ronald Chump as we now call it. No, Ronald, Ronald Chump. Ronald Clump. Crump. Ronald Whatever. Clump. That's Ronald Crump. Yes. So rather than go out and buy a Ronald Crump or or uh, have to carry a heavy Bronica around with me all the time, I thought I'd go uh, 35 mil, which uh, make that a little bit more achievable. Uh, I figured I definitely want some 
lighting in it some artificial lighting so again trying to go with something that is uh, a bit more manageable i figured maybe one speed light uh, maybe mm-hmm. carry my couple of new loom cubes with me sort of as as accent lights um because i've been practicing with them in the last week or so and uh, they don't make great key lights but you can certainly uh or you can use them at a push uh, and especially if you're happy to have fairly hard light and and have to use reasonably reasonably high iso but they don't they're not natural you know big soft light type lights uh but they're great for accents so i thought maybe take those as well so i'm sort of settling it down to a 35 mil camera with black and white film in single speed light with some sort of modification maybe a couple of accent lights uh and and that should be a fairly portable kit uh so uh all of which is a a, a rambly way of saying i still haven't done anything about contacting people for this project <laughs> It's a cool idea. I like the, I like the idea of doing the of what you talked about doing with it. You know, with somebody else contacting the next person. You know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it in a way, and I scared scared witless in a, in another way. Well, I would uh, use your speed light, like you talked about, and then just get like a smaller uh, umbrella, like you know, like a 24 inch umbrella or something that's really small. Yeah, I've got one that maybe is 36 inches just to shoot through. But the trouble with it, right. uh, the thing with a shoot through is it just the light goes everywhere. Everywhere. And you've got really, you know, no, hardly any control over it at all. I, I do have a 24 inch softbox, which I have a grid for. So right. you can get fairly soft light uh, and gridded to give you as much control as you like uh that that works but uh it's, it's sort of flat packs ones but it's it's a, a bit of a pain to carry around but that was have one you, thing i thought of have you thought about what you're going to do for like your backdrop because if you pick something neutral that you can reproduce i mean that'll make you that'll make uh figure not your lighting setup much easier good point uh and i've got two choices i've thought of for that one is that I have uh, I have a backdrop, just a plain black cloth uh, that I can hang from things, but um, right. it's not. Uh, I'd have to carry all the poles around with me, so I'd end up having to carry two light stands and the cross pole and all the clips and pegs and things uh, like yeah. that. So that was that was one thing. The other thing I was thought was just to use the gridded light because if I'm indoors and I just stand sufficiently far away from a background, if I can do that then yeah. actually you can just feather the gridded light and it the the um you can easily black out the background as long as it's not crazy um so that was one thing and then the other thing was just simply to go the other way which is and i might try and do both if possible uh with each each subject but they wanted just to sort of go outside and get some light you know and um uh, and have, take a slightly more environmental portrait of some sort cool i think it makes a lot of sense to be prepared to use artificial lighting because given the fact that we're talking about doing this in the first half of this year in britain and doing stuff outside is not always going to be possible um (laughs) given limitations on time the chances of the weather being good on those days are pretty slim good point i use a um i have a uh you know the, the the you twist them aid you know i'm talking about it pops open they come in circles they're round shaped uh, and you can twist it and it's like like a translucent material 
Oh, uh, um, yeah. Um, I uh, and they're really difficult to fold back down again. Yeah. Yeah. I have one of those that's the reflectors. Uh, probably. Well, it's not really deflector. It's kind of more of a diffuser. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like a like a white kind of translucent type of material. You know what I mean? I I do. Um, yeah. So I think um, I, I, if it was bigger and more rectangular, some photographers call them a scrim, don't they? Depending on yeah, uh, kind of what well, country that's you're what from. I have. I have one of those, man. You should think think about getting one of those because the one i have is four or five feet tall at least uh and you could open that thing up and just set it behind your subject and then always have a a neutral background yeah if it could fold up small enough that's um you know and not involve having to carry a load of metal around with me then that, that might work so well, I, I use the one i have i just use it with those uh those clamps the spring clamps you know what I'm talking about yeah, like you use in the studio. I use I just clamp it to the back of a chair, and sometimes you can even have them hold it with their hands up against the back of the chair if you're just doing like a. It just depends on what you're framing it and how much of them you're going to be shooting in the portrait. You know, that's a good idea. I like that. That's uh, sounds yeah. like a good way of having something nice and easily portable that you can do almost you, anywhere. Yeah, then you wouldn't need any light stands except for one stand for your for your main light, your key light, or whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's, yeah. Thank you. That gives me something to think about, doesn't it? So. Uh, sure. Yeah. More to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I made that any easier. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, no. So. So. Yeah. The, the the thing is, you know, uh, one of the th- one of the big reasons we do this podcast is for the people that we meet. So it's uh, it's just that in some ways it's just the next step. Although I doubt I'll be coming around to your place because uh, it's a bit far away. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a walk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and quite a lot of a swim as well, really. Yeah, it's just a backstroke of machine. Yeah, and when I get there, you'll only run me over with your car anyway. That's right. <laughs> only on the driver's side, stay away from the passenger side. Oh, that's where I know I'm safe, then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Always stand to the right of you, and I'll be fine. You're you're A-OK. <laughs> So, this is Christmas, uh, or at the very least, it's a little segment from Graham on Christmas cards. Yep, ching, 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 everybody, it's Graham's Festive Corner. Um, <laughs> users in Britain, users, listeners in Britain will be familiar with uh, Blue Peter. This is basically the Blue Peter corner of the podcast. Um, okay, should, we, should we translate that for our global audience? Blue Peter, I don't know what Blue Peter is. <laughs> Uh, uh, you translate it. Okay, so so Blue, Blue Peter is a children's program a, aimed at uh, children from I don't know about five or six years old to about twelve years old, uh, and uh, one of the things that they excel at is uh, arts and crafts. So it's kind of a magazine show for kids. It's got animals. It's got a bit of news for kids. It's got arts and crafts stuff on it and charity fundraising and stuff like that. So something that's a bit Blue Peter. What we're talking about is going to make it with. Uh, uh, we we with cellar tape or scotch tape or whatever country you happen to be in tape and uh, bits of old cardboard and stuff like that. So I'm guessing that's where Graham's going with this now. Yeah, I mean the other thing I always associate with Blue Peter is an elephant shitting on the floor, um, but that isn't relevant <laughs> to this conversation. Um, in previous years, uh, I 
I don't do a great deal with Christmas cards because I cannot be bothered either giving or receiving them. But as I am a businessman and a very efficient businessman, um, I do try and make sure I have Christmas cards for all my clients. And in past years, I have always uh, had cards printed from photographs that I'd taken myself. And this year, I haven't really taken that many photos that would be I haven't taken any photos really that'd be useful and also I've left it a bit to the last minute um surely not what, I know hard to believe <laughs> hard to believe really <laughs> but um I thought what can I do instead um so what I did last night was I got in the dark room and I had a go at making just um some sort of contact prints using bits and pieces uh, I <laughs> To say it's a bit half-assed is really understanding it because it's I didn't have last. <laughs> um, so I had sort of a, a, a holly leaf that I'd found a while ago that had been half um, deteriorated. So you could kind of see the filament of the leaf. So that was quite cool, and some little stars and stuff like that. And then in the dark room, I got some of my photographic paper, and I put the carefully beautifully arranged the leaf and the stars and the what have you on this piece of paper put it underneath my enlarger whammed it with some light and developed it and got an image from it and i had a few goes at doing this i mean it does all look a bit like a um child's <laughs> christmas project um but you know it basically is a child's Christmas project. And what my plan is, they've been drying today, or they would dry by this morning, but um, I'm then going to use them to make, uh, whichever one I decide is the best one, to make contact prints um, of the actual image onto another sheet of photographic paper, and then they can be my Christmas cards. So obviously it's easy to do if you have a dark room and an enlarger um not so easy to do if you don't but that said you absolutely could do this without an enlarger um and it, it's something i wanted to do with my children at some point because it's really good fun you, you get in there you've got the red light on so you can see what you're doing kind of and you just make these little pictures on your piece of paper shine some light on it if you've got an enlarger great there's a light source if not you know use a pen or just any you know not a pen a torch <laughs> like a pen i mean it's shaped like a pen a big pen um and then all you need is the chemicals and something to slush them about in so it's actually pretty easy to have a go at um it's quite good fun it's quite a good fun project See, I, mean, I know you, you've done dark room stuff corinne i know you haven't done dark room stuff but this could be quite a good thing to do with the kiddlers Sure, I think it's a great idea to let kids slosh around in chemicals. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> that sweet smell of fixer. Uh, no, that sounds, I mean, that sounds creative. I, I tell you what, my daughter would love that. She's really into arts and crafts and, and making things. So uh, I'm pretty sure she'd find that fascinating, actually. And even I want to see, want... see what they look like. Yeah, I mean, I will share pictures of them. They, they, they don't look great, and that's for two reasons. One, I had a real lack of materials to work with, and two, <laughs> I'm creatively inept. Um, but it, as much as anything, it was just that, oh, I want to see how this works, because I've not tried doing it before. Um, and it works, it's just so easy to do. Uh, there's really not much you can go wrong. Once you've worked out how much light you need to apply, 
that that's then it's just a case of arranging the things on the paper in a, a pleasing way um and it's definitely a technique i want to try going forward maybe getting some uh toners to give the paper a bit of a different color and stuff like that because that can make quite a nice just picture on its own right um i have seen you can buy from a lot of the darkroom supplies places around here things like sun picture kits which is mm -hmm. a piece of um uh light sensitive paper not as sensitive as photographic paper, but light sensitive and then you put whatever it is you want to capture on you a leaf or whatever it may be and then leave it out in the sun for a bit and and it forms a latent image that way and that, you know there's quite a few things you can do with your kids like that but uh yeah just it's quite a fun thing to do and if you have just facilities to do this stuff it's quite not well we'll see what the end results are like but it's quite a fun I way of making unique christmas cards here's a cool tip uh -huh. once you get your pictures made if you get like sepia toner uh and some rubber cement Mm -hmm. You can take the rubber cement and put it over the leaf uh, and then do your sepia tone and then you can rub this rubber cement off uh, and it won't affect your leaf. You see what I'm saying? Not really. <laughs> like, like make your little photogram thing like you're talking about doing and then if you had like sepia tone, have you, ever, have you ever used sepia tone before? No, I haven't used any of the toning stuff. Well, before you use any of the toning stuff, you can take just regular rubber cement. You know what rubber cement is, right? No, A, do you know what rubber cement is? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's it's like a silicon type thing. It goes, yeah, the, the, the yeah, the sticky and then goes off. Okay. Yep. Take that stuff and just uh, trace what you don't want to be toned. Yeah. Let it let the rubber cement dry for a little while, then do your toning. Then when you get done toning, you take your finger and the rubber cement will just rub will just peel right off. And then that area won't be toned. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, with the toner, um, when do you use that? Is it just something you use after you fix the the photo? Is that the way? Just another bath you yes. slosh stuff in? Well, you you, you do everything you're going to do. Let them dry, uh, and then you'll soak it uh, for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, not even for a few minutes, just for fifteen or twenty seconds. You know, just yeah. to get it wet. Yeah. Uh, and then you can take the, take it and put it into, uh, you know, selenium or sepia tone or whatever you want to do, you know, and then you can just kind of do it what they call tone by inspection. You just keep your eye on it until it gets to whatever you want, you know what I mean? And then you can put it in the, then you just do it like that. So we just watch it, wait till it gets good in orange, then elect it president, something like that. Kind of. <laughs> I can't, it's been so long since I've done it. I can't remember, I can't remember if the, uh, Man, I want to say that the sepia tone has two parts, like a bleach and then and then an actual, um, like a restore, mm -hmm. kind of. Like with a black and white picture, you you put it in the bleach for the sepia tone part A, and you and it'll actually like bleach the picture out almost till you you can let it go to it gets to a certain point, uh, then you take it out, uh, then you put it back into the the sepia tone fixer and then it brings the picture back and then it has that sepia tone look well it's definitely something i'm going to check out i'd also next year i'd like to check out um uh cloydian 
no, not cloning, um, cyanotype, that's the word, another C word, because I've seen some yeah. really nice um, cyanotype pictures popping up on our feed, and mm-hmm. I've watched the posters a couple of times, and that's definitely something I want to have a go at. Well, I will check out the toners, um, and I'll check out uh, that stuff, because it sounds like fun. Um, probably not with this time around, because I just don't have time to get stuff, but yeah, it was fun to get in the dark room last night, just to have a play around, and good times this is what you're missing out on though by not having chemicals sloshing around in your house i do they're just the drinking kind (laughs) (laughs) me too aiden with you on that one (laughs) yeah but it's all right for me it's 10 o'clock at night here it's the middle of the afternoon for you (laughs) (laughs) no it's five o'clock once you get to five o'clock you're clear okay all right yeah just 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 barely. <laughs> okay, all right. Something else then that is a, a little bit seasonal, actually, which is uh, something that I, I uh, has been brought to my attention this week, actually, uh, thanks to uh, Jonas on Twitter for this. Um, uh, Holger Jen, uh, who you guys may hopefully have heard of, um, uh, is a, a, a girl or a lady who uh, has her own uh, blog and uh, is quite... Uh, uh, well connected on Twitter for for being a Holger based photographer, um, she has put calls out for entries to your favourite Holger shot of the year, and uh, as I say, somebody uh, brought it to my attention on Twitter and said, uh, "Yeah, hey, you must go and do this. You must go and enter a a, a shot." Um, and uh, so this is what I'm going to be doing. Um, I'll just say uh, right now that the website for this is uh, is a blogspot uh, website, and uh, that comes up with uh, different extensions. So in the UK, it's blogspot.co.uk, but in America, it'll be blogspot.com, I think. And what you're looking for is holgergen.blogspot.whatever. Anyway... Um, it's caused me to go back and look at my Holger shots, uh, which are almost universally uh, taken in the summer this year, or the the late spring and the summer. Uh, that's when I really had the Holger bug this year, and and of course that's when in the UK you get plenty of light to to, to actually use it. So uh, I think I'm going to be entering uh, a photograph I took on my summer holiday in Croatia for that. Um, lots and lots of colour, some people on the beach, uh, and. Uh, I think uh, that's that's pretty much where I'm going with that. Uh, either of you guys going to enter? I don't know. I mean, I've only shot that one role so far, which I kind of mulled by um, overexposing and overexposing. I certainly don't feel like I've got anything that's as nice as the stuff you got washed around in Croatia. But maybe I'll I'll have a look at it and see. What about you, Corey? Did you actually get out with any of your hogs at all this year? Uh, I haven't this year. I have not. Oh, no, wait. Maybe I did. I got a good check. <laughs> this is one of those times where you really need to have tagged your photos in Lightroom or, or whatever software you use, isn't it? It's, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, so I, I was all right on this one. I, I, I got lucky because I, I do tag uh, quite um, quite consistently, actually, uh, with film photography. I tag what film and what camera. I very occasionally I'll tag what lens it was or something like that, um, uh, but I pretty much always do the camera and the uh, and the film. So I was able to do a search on Holger, and that brought back everything I'd shot on Holgers. Uh, yeah. And because I only only got my Holgers early in 2016, um, uh, it brought back every Holger shot I'd I'd ever brought, and they were all in 2016. So uh, yeah, gave me good choice. 
Which one do you think you're going to go with? I'm just looking at your Holger pictures from your summer holidays now, and I think there's a, there's a couple for me that look like the sort of the clear two choices. The um, the one of the people on the beach, I continue to love and adore. I think that's a great shot, and the one at sunset on the boat. Those two pictures for me uh, are the real winners. But are there any that are your particular favourites? Uh, those those uh, were the two prime ones for entry, and I think I'm going to go with the the people on the beach. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it reminds me of and this is going to sound really 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 arrogant but it, it's reminiscent for me in some ways of the photography i love by martin parr um who's a british photographer a sort of documentary type photographer um uh through the 70s 80s and 90s but still operate uh, uh still operating today uh maybe not the 70s um maybe doing a disservice there i think he might be a, a magnum photographer but i'm not entirely sure but he takes these very candid shots of people and you know going about their business some when he was uh, in the olympics this year in rio uh they uh, he was publishing photos that he'd taken on Copacabana beach 20 years ago yeah and uh, uh and it was a great sort of um uh almost if you like a, an artistic photographer's view of rio but of course clearly not from the time when the olympics were on so that was good fun um but yeah i think that's the one i'm going to go with because it's um i don't know it just seems to capture a lot for me of of the holiday the sunset one i love as well um and there are a couple of others that were black and white that I took in this country. But the, that one of the people on the beach is, is the one, I think. Your Holger hasn't had oh. much love since the summer holidays, has it? It's um, fallen out of uh, rotation since then. I do that. Um, uh, and, <laughs> you know, I took the, the Holgers uh, through the summer uh, before I went to Croatia. And then while I was there, it was fantastic. And when I came back, I thought, you know, well, I'll just have a bit of a change. And then I started playing around with Instax, mm. um, which has been my... Really? Um, <laughs> have you not heard that, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I have been thinking, though, recently that I, I've got the... Uh, the Holger bug coming back you know these things yeah the pendulum is swinging back towards the Holgers at the moment and I'm uh it's not going to be long I do need to get out the old super glue though and glue the little bits of foam back into them um right. where, where they uh where they came off but uh uh that's um that's just a, a five minute job um assuming the super glue doesn't eat through absolutely everything so it'll be just a couple of dabs of it I think just to to make sure that it doesn't corrode the whole camera <laughs> You should try rubber cement. <laughs> maybe I should. Yeah, maybe I should. So, yeah. Okay. So, well, it looks like I may be the only one of uh, the three of us uh, entering the uh, the Holger Gen uh, favorite Holger shot of the year. I think so. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty well. sure I've only I'm pretty sure I've only been pinholing this year. I don't think I've done any any Holger stuff this year. Right. Well, I'll definitely be back out with mine again next year. I I only put that one roll of film through, it, as I said, and I did enjoy using it, and I will be out with it again next year. It's a they're fun cameras to use for sure. They are fun cameras, and it, it um maybe uh, Corey was saying earlier on about you know with uh, having a camera with a hot shoe and yeah being all set up to uh, to to use for flash photography. So I think I might do a bit of that uh, over the Christmas break. I'm um, almost. Uh, I, thinking of putting some delta 3200 into one and just uh, uh and seeing what happens with that because there's not a lot of light around at this time of year in the uk but you know you stick some 3200 speed film in you'll probably be okay yeah 
yes anyway uh that's a little bit about uh me practicing with the holgers uh but graham uh something you want to talk about practicing but i'm not sure it's necessarily directly photograph related Well, I mean, it kind of is and it isn't. Um, we've talked about practice in the past and how it's an important thing for every everything that we do or that we want to be good at, and yet we never really think about it with photography. And as listeners will know, um, I am uh, trying and failing to learn the guitar at the moment. And I've been using an online resource, uh, which uh, people may be familiar with, I think is pretty successful, um, called justinguitar.com. Uh, which is great. Uh, highly recommended to anybody who wants to learn guitar. Uh, and he has loads of videos on there. And I was looking at his, he got a section of videos on practice. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll check this out. This seems like a useful thing to, to look at. Um, and his thoughts on it, one, were extremely intelligent and fantastic advice for practicing the guitar. But to be honest, um, they're applicable to just practicing anything and whether it's a musical instrument or um, photography or anything else you just want to get good at. And so I thought I'd just like to run through a few of the bits on there, a few of the points that he brought up and we could talk about how they apply to us in our photography and and, how we could maybe use them. Um, The first thing that, he talks about is the importance of of setting a goal for your for, for that's it in the thing it's for what you want to achieve with the guitar so there he's saying well you know if you want to play in a in a band you need to work towards achieving that if you want to just play with your you know acoustic guitar down at the pub for your friends or whatever that's a different thing um and so by setting a goal for what you want to achieve, you can focus on doing the things that makes you better at that and not worry about learning stuff that isn't going to help you with that goal. Um, and that as somebody who struggles a bit in photography with real um, kind of magpie syndrome of being attracted to whatever sparkly and new to go, Oh, I'm going to have a go at that. I'm going to have a go at that. I'm going to have a go at that. That seemed like a, really useful piece of advice um um because i mean i I don't know whether it's something you i think both of you are more focused than i am um but is it a thing that you've ever thought of okay this is what i want to be good at and this is therefore what i'm going to try and do to get to that point is that something you have gone through that thought process i have yeah. So, w- what would you say your goal is with your photography? Um, just enjoy what you're doing. First off, I mean, pick something that you like doing mm. because then that's what you're going to want to do. You know, like I was going through a phase where I was uh, taking pictures of my friends skating, skateboarding, and I have a water housing, and I take pictures out in the ocean, and I go and do macro, and then I go and try and do landscapes, and then like I kind of like at this point where I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, I mean, it's just too much going on. And I've really settled in with doing the pinhole stuff. 
mm. for my personal stuff. I mean, I just enjoy it. It's just how I see, you know, I just kind of just, it just works for me. So uh, yeah, the, but the only time I do digital stuff now is, you know, stuff that I'm going to be going to do try for, you know, work or uh, that side of it. I do that. But any other time I'm perfectly happy with just shooting my, my, my doing my pinhole stuff. And that's, I'm, I'm stuck. But I mean, with your pinhole stuff, would you say, is there, do you have like, it's a situation where, okay, I'm doing it. This is great. This is just what I'm doing. Or, or do you have in mind, these are the pictures that I, I want to be able to create. This is what I'm working at. Maybe you've seen stuff elsewhere that you think, yes, I want to be able to re- replicate that. Or maybe you just have a vision in your head that you're working towards. Uh, how is that for you? I mean, I, I just, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, I mean, all of your photography is always going to be influenced by somebody else. I mean, subconsciously or whether you're making a, you know, a choice to really go out and be like, okay, I want to do, I saw this picture. That's really cool. I'm going to go to the, you know, go back to the coast and do this, or I'm going to go to the mountains and, and, you know, get a waterfall picture. You know what I mean? Either way, um, that's going to happen. I just kind of, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, like I carry it with me and whatever happens happens. And then sometimes I'll see something and it'll give me an idea for this and I'll go try that. And then, you know, it all kind of comes back around. Mm. What about you? Me? Yeah. Uh, I I do have things that I, I like to uh, to to practice. I mean, I I think this year has been a bad year for me in that sense. Actually, um, the I I feel like this year I haven't really been as focused as I have been in the past. But I mean, you know, I, I love to shoot with lights, and uh, you know, uh, before uh, we. Uh, started this podcast maybe a couple of years ago now i did do a, a few blog posts on on pixelatedphotographer.com uh, about shooting uh, film photography but shooting specifically with artificial lighting and and the differences between doing that for, for film and doing it with uh, a digital camera you know so i mean with yeah, a lot of people these days with a digital camera don't use light meters uh because you can just get that instant feedback and yeah with the most modern sensors you know you don't even have to worry about iso particularly uh you can boost mm. them in post if you right. need to yeah sure. so i mean it's it's never been easier i mean my current fuji xt1 is never been easier to do uh, uh to do flash photography uh, but with film, it's it's still a challenge because you know, especially if you and 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 I was quite keen to learn. Uh, just going back, as I say, you know, maybe a year, maybe two years now, um, you know, and and not not cheat by peaking by taking the shot first with a digital camera. Uh, actually, try and learn by doing just with film and say, okay, well, I think it's going to do that, and then you get the film back and you think, okay, I can basically remember because I'm rubbish at taking the notes. I could basically remember what I thought I was going for with that one, um, and uh, you know, you can you can start to 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 get a feel for how to use artificial lights when shooting film photography. So I think that's the, it's that that is is um uh, uh, that's the thing that i pra- i've practiced most and that's the thing where i i've got to the point where even with a film camera you know i can be pretty confident in setting up a light 
mm. um, and setting up with a modifier. Maybe not with a really exact modifier because sometimes you just need to be able to see where the light is going to go. But I'm confident with a soft box or a bounce umbrella, I mean, a shoot umbrella, uh, a shoot through umbrella, the light just goes everywhere. So you're always going to hit something. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that's part of the problem in the, with a shoot through umbrella. So I think I'd say it's it's that. Um, and I think I feel I haven't done enough of that this year. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I'm I'm keen on that you know uh, our projects that I've chosen something which you know I am going to come back to doing that sort of thing um, because I think that's my that's the thing that I really like to practice. Yeah, I mean I think and, and that's definitely a large part of the reason why we decided to do these projects because I think setting goals is something that we don't very often do. And I, and I just I, you know I was thinking about okay, well what kind of goals could you set? as a photographer what could be a goal i mean and it could be your goal could be i would like to be able to have a gallery showing i would like to be able to show my pictures in a in a gallery environment or have you know a small show somewhere or something like that that could be a goal um or your goal could be i want to share my pictures on instagram and i want lots of people to like them or it could be i want to be able to sell my work i would like to be able to produce work that i could sell or it could just be well, not just, but it could be I want to be able to create work that at the end of every year I can put in a book together to give to family. And right. with each one of those goals, I mean, I'm sure there's you know myriad others that you could choose, but with each one of those, you can then look at that. Okay, well, if this is where I want to get to, what's the path to get there? What are the little mini goals along the way, the mini steps to get to? And once you start thinking about the end result that you want to get to, it's going to affect how you approach it. Like with your pinhole photography, if you think, well, actually, I'm enjoying doing, but I I would like one day to be able to have, a, a, you know, I'd like to be able to have my own website and sell this stuff and have fine art prints of this. Then or that's maybe going to a affect, book. yeah, or maybe some sort of I book. I do for exactly. totally. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe some. <laughs> but you know that 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 will should should then affect what things you're spending your time doing and learning and, and working towards so i think yeah i think having a goal for what you want to achieve even if it's even if they're short-term goals and you you can change them and move forward but having something to work towards uh, I, it's definitely going to be something that i'm thinking about now because as i've said repeatedly over the last few months um I, i'm a bit haphazard in my approach because my goal is i want to get better but that's so vague as to be meaningless get get better at what to what end right. you know it just doesn't um so yeah anyway that's for that the next thing um that i thought was useful that he'd gone there was about what kind of things to practice um and he's on there broken broken it down into a few things some of which will make no sense at all when you're talking about photography um but a few things do so um technique now, I think technique absolutely can apply to photography. In fact, in what you were just saying, Aid, about getting out there and practicing with the flash so that you know that you can routinely get up, set up the flash and know it's going to work. And that's that is just practice. Um, same with you and your pinhole, Corey. You know, you, you right. know you're, you're practicing, OK, where am I looking at it? And whatever side you're looking at, I think there's a lot of things with photography that benefit from repeated practice. The more we get used to using our our tools and the more we get used to just getting out and seeing, the better we get. Um, the next thing he's got on there is a knowledge. So just 
learning stuff. And this is another thing which I think really does apply to photography. Uh, I know that I love my photography books. I know you do too, Aid. I don't know whether you're the same, Corey, whether you have a problem with buying too many photography books, but um, there's a lot of stuff that you can learn about photography that you're not going to be using it all the time, but just to have it in your brain as part of the palette of things to pull from. Um, I think that's a really good shout. Um, and I think that some of these things li link all together for me because there's a lot of, uh, when it comes to, to technical knowledge about photography, um, I read a lot. I, I have a news feed full of photo, uh, photo blogs and technique you know websites and you know and yes and you know uh all, all of the f photographic gear um uh, uh, but some of that's about lighting some of that's about cameras and lenses and stuff like that but over the years it's just amassed and amassed and amassed in my brain and so even though some of these things i've never done at least on paper i know quite a lot about them and mm. i can use i can use there that then and you know i'm never short of something i want to test because I read right. about those sorts of things and I've never sort of well, something I want to trial. You know, I mean, one of the, one of the most important things before any of you get, before we get to any of these points is you got to enjoy what you want to do. Make sure that you want to get up and go outside and do it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I, agree I mean, that, completely that has with that. to be fun. I mean, that's the whole point of it is you got to have fun. If you're not having fun doing it, you're not going to go practice it and you're never going to be, in the position of where you're at for it, you know, I mean, you have to. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. But on the flip side of that, I think um, if if you want to get better at what you're doing, and uh, you know, I think most of us do. You know, sure. I, I think we all we all want to take better pictures. As you know, the more we do, we want to feel like we are improving, um, and we also all have limited time. So making better use of that time to, you know, to, to to actually think about these things at all. I mean, I'm not saying that you should do it all the time, but I think spending some time thinking about it. The next thing on his list, uh, I, when I initially looked at it, I thought the next two things don't in any way fit with photography, but actually I think they both really do. Uh, the next thing he's got today is ear training or transcribing. Okay, now, I'm not suggesting that you should listen to your photographs, but I, I would imagine that you probably could get quite a lot of useful education by looking at the work of others that you respect um, or art you really like and thinking, how did they do that? Or why does this work? What is it that makes this picture a special picture that speaks to me? Um, because by doing that and by looking at it, then that's something that you can then, you know, integrate into your own work. Um, you're like talking about lighting setups, uh, things like that. I mean, that's something I know absolutely diddly squat about. But um, I'm sure, Aid, you know, you look at a photograph and <laughs> figure out how and where the light's positioned and go, OK, you know, that's that's interesting why has he done that what looks it's given and stuff like that um and by looking at the work of other people that we ad ad admire and trying to work out what it is that makes it admirable i think that could be quite time quite usefully spent actually um and the last thing 
kind of ties in with this um again when you talk about music it's called repertoire um and you talk about learning the songs i mean that doesn't make any sense at all photography but maybe by taking some of these photographs that we like and trying to emulate them just as a practice point that could be a useful thing as well you know if you go i really like the way this portrait looks i'm going to try and copy that just to understand how it was put together because then if you do those things and if you get all of those skills under your belt then you can go out and do the last bit which is for musicians it's improvising and photographers it's just getting out there and shooting um but i think uh, there is a repertoire angle to photography uh especially when you consider light uh or and and or composition so you know they're uh, funnily enough a lot of uh of the classic photography lighting setups actually draw them uh from from the art world um so you'd hear about you know rembrandt lighting and and butterfly lighting Mm. and things like Uh that i mean those things are definitely you know um uh, and broad lighting and short lighting and and things like that. There are definitely clamshell lighting. Oh yeah, yeah, another good one. So there are definitely. I mean, those are all classics. Uh, then there are some some uh, modern uh, type uh, repertoire shots. So I mean, especially uh, these days, it's been popular for some years now in photographs of athletes is to have some um, the sides of their faces uh, very brightly lit. Uh, with accent light so so nobody does a hair light as such anymore or at least you know not in the same way as you used to in the school photos we all have lying around at home uh but the 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 the, the modern classic for for a photo of an athlete is to have two fairly harsh lights fairly bluish lights coming or blue white lights coming from each side to, to highlight cheekbones possibly from a bit behind and then a, you... a softer fill light at the front to to, to to bring out the features of the face do you like that lighting setup? I, I I don't like that lighting setup. I've seen it, and I, it just seems to. I don't know. I just don't. And the background's completely black. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I I I I'm with you on that. I think. Um, I think it, when you see them on billboards, often the the post processing is uh, it's like somebody only has a clarity slider. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. and, so, and so, so it's just like when you only have a clarity slider, the 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 your, your post production options are limited. So I think, I think the I think the lighting gets slightly a bad press. I think that the, the lighting structure in and of itself actually can be really interesting. But I think what happens is it gets it gets overused by by advertisers on billboards, and and that spoils it for me. Sometimes I look at those action shots i mean uh, not that i'm a big action shot person but sometimes you know you see the lighting how it's set up and i almost get the feeling like they're like oh if we only had one more light well too bad we only have two so we're just gonna have to do what we have to do with these two you know what i mean and then they don't i don't know it's hard to explain no i i, I understand where you're coming from on that um it's it's uh, and uh partly it's because I uh, I don't agree with necessarily with some of the artistic uh, decisions that have been made in post production, and partly right. I think it's that it's just over overused. I agree. <laughs> anyway, I um, concur. Aid, <laughs> <laughs> jolly good. <laughs> anyway, I, I just wanted to talk about this because um, time is short. None of us have as much of it as we would like, and having i mean the, the bits that we've talked about really are just the starting points for what um justin has on his website he's got 
uh, other bits on there um, and a lot of it I think is useful to read about um, but we won't go into it now because I think we've covered the, the most salient points but it's definitely going to make me in the new year think about how I can use my time and actually maybe try and focus thing okay rather than just okay I'm going to grab a shot when I can to go okay I'm going to set aside this time you know even if it's just half an hour and this is what I want to try and do in this half an hour and focus on that um and see if it makes a difference you, you, I mean that's the whole point of it is this to actually feel like oh I'm making improvements to stuff and so I want to see if I can try and get more organized and focus more on uh, specific practice routines see if it actually does make a difference um, uh, so uh, yeah I'll let you know how that goes but I would really recommend not not just for photography but for, for anything anything in your life which you feel like you would like to get better at just go and have a look at this website um, justinguitar.com look in this practice better section um, I would um, I would recommend you check that out Graham for your guitar playing <laughs> just, just me, I am. I'm spending a lot of time on just, this website. Just a quick read. I mean, just you know, highlight the key points. You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> one part of it is observe your mistakes. At the moment, all of my practice time is being spent just on that one point. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Okay, on that sob story, we're going to take a quick break and come back with some shout-outs. <laughs> Okay, folks, it is time, as we do every week, uh, to shout at some people. And the first person we want to shout at, and I think this is going to come from Graham because he is the most grateful, is our good friend Spencer. Yep, thank you very much, Spencer, for doing such an awesome job curating our feed for us last week. Uh, I, I love the fact, Dave, that you've gone to the trouble of putting down. He aid, um, has been more organized than me Spencer said oh I'm going to do my 10 rules of, of um, sort of lamography photography and as he's putting it in the thing it's a uh, rule number one two three four five eight the end so I mean <laughs> not quite 10 rules but it was a good shot and um, the pictures he shared were great and his thoughts on photography were fantastic so look back through the feed if you haven't already seen them but yeah that was great I'm currently um, leaning on Spencer to do some other stuff for me because as Aid keeps pointing out I am the king of outsourcing to talented individuals <laughs> more, to, to more talented individuals so, I don't <laughs> so yeah I, I really liked Spencer's take on, on the rules of lamography they've always looked uh, somewhat shady to me and I think somebody pointed out in one of the posts that Spencer made uh, that uh, the lamography rules always seemed like they were written by the marketing department of a film company <laughs> And uh, probably they were uh, that film company being Lomography, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks again, Spencer, and uh, look forward to having you uh, on the show again soon. Uh, right now, the second one is definitely going to make uh, definitely going to make Graham chuckle uh, and probably Corey as well. We talked uh, around Photokina time about the release of a new instant camera. And it turns out that actually one of my favourite camera shops in London uh, has now got them in stock. Uh, the, sh the shop, in, in, as a case in point, is called The Classic Camera. It's, uh, it's in London uh, near the British Museum and it's where I bought uh, my Fuji digital kit from. Uh, Graham, you might remember uh, we went there on our uh, now legendary trip to London to see the Eggleston exhibition. Yes, <laughs> I do remember. Was that the place with the fancy Hasselblad that you wanted? 
yeah, the X Pan kit. The the almost Did you get as it? new. No, no, it was two thousand pounds. Uh. <laughs> it was an X Pan in really really good nick, and a lot of them aren't these days. And it came with the forty five mil lens and the ninety mil lens, and it was uh, and most of it was boxed as well. Um, should have pulled the trigger on it Aid. you had you lost your chance that was it right then it's probably still there actually it's quite pricey um <laughs> you uh, should go back and treat yourself for christmas it's christmas yeah, yeah, sorry hang but... on sorry it's christmas <laughs> yeah the trouble with that is though that i'd have to sell every other camera that i own um and much though i love taking uh panoramic shots i'm not sure i want to do it forever anyway don't your wife and children have stuff you could sell instead to fund it but, that reminds me of something funny I saw the other day. No. The picture of the guy laughing, and, and he's like laughing underneath it. It says, my wife asks if I'm going to sell the other ones now that I got a new camera. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yep. I think Graham gets that every week, actually. <laughs> yeah. But the So, no, the thing that's going to make us laugh, apart from, apart from that, is actually the camera, in uh, the case in point, is the Leica Sofort. Uh, which is the Leica copy of the Fuji Mini Instax camera. But I'm the, sure they're going to love you calling it the Leica copy of the Fuji Instax. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure Leica weren't going to sponsor me anyway. Uh, but the, the but the, the the funny, sad thing, sad kind of funny uh, thing is that uh, although I really like this shop, on their website they have branded this or advertised it as the Leica Sofort Polaroid camera. <laughs> oh, nice. I so mean, you got one then, Aid, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. No. <laughs> God, that that is that's Hipsters a word unite. scram. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yes, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's not a Polaroid camera. No, um, I mean it it says it says a lot about the fact that the brand recognition is going to be absolute zero. But it's amazing that the Leica name alone wasn't enough to carry. It's like no, let's let's shove Polaroid. I wonder. Uh, seeing it, I've are they allowed to do that? I mean, can you just call it? Because that's a brand name. They're just... like a, they could do whatever they want to do, right? I yeah, suspect I actually it's the retailer's website. Uh, so I, I, I don't think I've seen any Leica advertising for it that refers to it as a Polaroid. <laughs> Um, uh, so it may, it, uh, of course, it could just be an error, uh, or just somebody not thinking things through when they put the post up on the website. But yeah, so they are now available about two hundred and thirty pounds in the UK, uh, and um, I'm not going to buy one. Have you seen any <laughs> results from one? Have you seen any your, on the Twitters? Have you seen much buzz about? No, I haven't actually. Uh, but uh, from the early reviews uh, for people who had you know, sort of press copies and stuff, it seems to be exactly the same lens <laughs> as the <laughs> Fuji one. The the the, the thing that uh, I think that Leica sometimes do in digital cameras, you know, when they rebrand Panasonic cameras, is is they play with the software, they play with the interpretation of what comes off the sensor. And mm. I had wondered whether there might be some more manual controls over this one. Because to be honest, you know, all joking aside, if they had something that had proper manual controls, um, that actually might be really tempting. Because the the one thing that frustrates the hell out of me of my Fuji Mini Instax 90 Neo Classic or whatever the hell it's called is the lack of consistency in how it takes photographs. If there was something manual about the Leica version, I I might be tempted, but I don't think there is, sadly. Ah uh, well, I mean, it's got a red badge on it, so there's always that. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, moving on. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, not sure who's next uh, on this, but the, the... Oh, those are my two, yeah. Okay, well, Graham, off you go. These are just a couple of Instagram feeds which I have seen lately that I have enjoyed and I think are worth people having a look at. The first one is at Graham Co... <laughs> I can't even spell my own name, and it's not my name. Uh, at Graham Kopi Koga, um, that's G-R-A-H-A-M-C-O-P-E-K-O-J-G-A. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Graham is a London-based photographer uh, working in large format, um, doing a lot of stuff with wet, point, wet plate and tin types and stuff like that. Lots of portrait photography. Uh, I think he's run some workshops or been involved with workshops down there. And there's just his his portraits are absolutely worth looking at. He's done some portraits of um, notable people, um, celebrities, um, architects, things like that, and also some just really nice, quite um, avant-garde portraits as well, people with animal masks on and stuff like that. Uh, it's really good stuff, well worth a look out. The other one is right on the other end of the spectrum, uh, and that's one of the main reasons it caught my eye when I was flicking through. This is at Justin underscore R underscore Valentine, and um, his work, it's a lot of Polaroid stuff, and it's kind of, I hesitate to use the word edgy, but it's certainly a lot more kind of street. It's shots of people, I suppose you'd say they are portraits in a way, but they've definitely got a bit of an edge to them. Um, I mean, not in the terms of sharpness because it's impossible project films they don't have an edge to them that way but they're definitely something a bit a bit different and um well worth looking at if you want to and it's a bit off the mainstream path um but yeah two very different photographers but both doing interesting stuff cool. all right sounds good to me uh right now uh we have uh, a special shout out this week, uh, something we mentioned on the show last week, actually, and uh, a Kickstarter that I have now uh, pledged to. But I think we'll let Corey tell the story because uh, this is the book of pinhole photography that Corey has had uh, an image selected for. That's right. Uh, eight I have. And it is almost done. And it's well, it's, a, it's 99 photographers color it's all pinhole uh work color in black and white um and it's great and you can check it out on the on a kickstarter how did you end up getting your picture in this book cory uh, i just submitted it and they said sure <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well congratulations again on getting your um, picture in there and the fact that people are going to be able to see it because this is <laughs> this is funded and it's going out there and um i can sure. see that at the moment there's 122 people have backed to get just the book alone another 37 for a book and a print so lots of people are going to see your work which is really exciting thank you for explaining my work for me that's all right. <laughs> well, I'm certainly looking forward to getting uh, my my copy. And if there's such a thing as uh, an audio only book review of a photography coffee table book, <laughs> then the Sunny 16 podcast may be the first to try it. <laughs> Should definitely. <laughs> OK, listen, that brings us to the end of our show for this week uh you can get in touch with us uh on instagram twitter Flickr, or gmail at sunny 16 podcast uh thanks to chris for pixelated photographer and for hosting the longer form of our conversation around the podcast and thanks to bill for the show notes and kevin mcleod for the music uh Corey, thank you ever so much for joining us today 
thanks for having me back guys it's always fun yeah it's been great having you on dude and on that note i shall say thank you everybody for listening uh we'll see you next week goodbye bye goodbye You really froze at the I end. I totally you blew Corey. that one, man. I don't know what. I just totally drew a blank. Because at, I know. Well, at, at the beginning, you you asked me about my shout-out. So I was kind of going through here, and I was thinking about these couple ones. And then uh, you totally put me on the spot with the... Um,